What's up, you guys? We back. Episode 4. Uh, so much big stuff is happening. I have a huge announcement to do in the beginning. A ginormous NFL league signing just happened. Some breaking news. The first thing that I'm actually going to like cover on the day of. Uh, we're going to be going over some really fun stuff, and I just want to get into it. So first, for today, I'm going to be doing a big announcement to start off the podcast. I'm going to be doing my This Week in the NFL in a Minute. I'm going to analyze the big signing that just happened today and actually give a rundown on what that means for the team and what it means to the player that just signed and things like that. I also have been messing around with tiermaker.com, so I threw some NFL teams and some tiers and just really want to talk to you guys about it and give reasoning as to why I put certain teams in certain tiers and what that means and all that. And then I'm going to end it off. If we have time, I'm going to do a coaching tier list that I also did on tiermaker, but... If not, then we're going to push that one to another episode. But we're going to start it right off by saying our big announcement that we have at Sauce Lab Podcast. It is going to be our first contest slash giveaway. And that's gonna it's going to be called Sauce Lab Podcast Free Agency Frenzy Challenge. You heard it. I, I love the name. It rolls off the tongue. So what we're going to be doing is you can already check. It's already going to be up by the time that the podcast is posted. But on my Instagram, on Sauce the Sauce Lab podcast Instagram, you're going to see a picture, and that is for the challenge. All, all that it's basically going to be wrapped up into is the top 50 or the 50 biggest names in free agency. You have to guess where they're going to go this season. You don't need to guess the contract length. You don't need to guess the numbers. All you need to just do is guess the next team that the player signs to. For every player that you get correct, you get one point. Whoever has the most out of 50 points is going to win. It is $0 for entry and $50 as the prize. You heard it. I heard it. It is free money, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it, there's really no like rhyme or reason as to who goes where. Uh, we're seeing that so much with the signing that just happened today. I'll, I'll say it now. It's J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals, a team that wasn't even on his list. So that really just goes to show that it's so random where people go in for agency. You have a 1 out of 32 chance, $0 for entry, and it's going to be due on March 12th. That's in, 10, that's in 11 days from now. You have more than enough time to fill out your table of teams or of players and where you think that they're going to go. So I'm going to give you the rules to enter. You can see all of this on the Instagram as well, but just because I'm announcing it here, I'd like to run down the rules too. So to enter, you're going to have to like the post, tag three people below it, repost the picture to your story or your Instagram account itself, and then in the link tree in the bio, you're going to fill out your free agency sheet and then send it to saucelabpodcast at gmail.com or you're going to share the Google Drive with that. And because it's Google Drive and it's so useful, you can switch your answers Anytime leading up to the 12th, and then on the 12th, everything's going to close. Whatever was shared to me are going to be the entries. You can't change anything, obviously. Just all you need to do is just write down what team you think that they're going to go to, and I'll count your vote, and whoever has the most. I'll periodically be announcing who's in the lead as free agency goes on. I think that'll be very fun if, like... I have everybody's answers. You can follow along in your own sheet and see how many you're getting right. Uh, I'm going to go over <laughs> just a couple strategies like that you could do just so that I can really show you that anybody can do this. You can easily just 
write the exact same team because, I mean, a lot of the time players just resign. So while some of them might not resign, obviously, your percentage chance of winning is actually very high if you just write the exact same team for every single player as a lot of them resign. Uh, you could also just write Jaguars for all of them because they have a lot of cap space or Jets or Colts or some team that has a lot of cap space because you know that they're going to get a lot of people. I think it's possible. Uh, this is obviously the time when franchise tags are being handed out, so it's up to you guys to switch it in time. Like, I'm going to put this out when it's out, so if a player signs franchise tag and stays with their own team and you didn't have that as such, you're just not going to get the point. That's how it's going to work. But I really do want to reiterate that it's not something that you need to do hours of research for. It's not like a March Madness bracket where you need to know which team's better and which team has the chance. It's really pretty random. I mean, obviously, you could look up online where you think people could go and where they're fits. But a lot of the time, it is very random. So I hope to see as many people as possible in this contest. I really hope that it makes... The Sauce Lab podcast gained some more traction. I hope it's fun for you guys. And, of course, who doesn't love free money? So if you guys think that you have what it takes, please enter the contest and go for that 50 bucks. Now we're going to start this week in the NFL. We're going to put a minute on the clock, and we are going to talk about all the biggest things that have happened in the NFL this week. There aren't that many insane things just this week alone. We're going to start it in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Russell Wilson, though he didn't formally request a trade, he talked to the Seahawks about a trade, and it, or his camp did, and they mentioned the Saints, the Bears, the Raiders, and the Cowboys as his preferred destinations if a trade were to happen. This is very strange. I don't, I don't remember a certain scenario where that type of thing has happened before, but Russell Wilson can do that. He is that big of a name. He is that good of a quarterback. Next, J.J. Watt signs two-year deal with Arizona Cardinals for $31 million, 23 guaranteed. Just happened earlier. We're going to break that down later. The football team will likely cut Alex Smith. The Titans have cut Adam Humphreys. The Broncos cut Jarrell Casey. And 2020 first-round pick Isaiah Wilson says that he's no longer going to be a Titan. He only played four snaps, which makes him probably one of the biggest draft busts of all time. I don't remember the last time a first-round pick only played four snaps. And that's it for this week. So now we are going to be going into the J.J. Watt signing. So for the past three weeks, I'll surface it from this past season, the Texans looked abysmal. A team that the year before was up 24 points on the Kansas City Chiefs in the conference championship. The year after only has four wins. Team looks horrendous. Bill O'Brien is fired. Uh, it is a shit show going on. Then, as I've explained in now episode two and episode three, the Texans front office has become a full shit show. Their roster is not up to par with NFL standards. Their coaching is horrendous. Their staff and their ownership is horrendous. And that has led to the collapse of everything that Houston was, including Pro Bowl, All-Pro, D-end J.J. Watt, who was around three weeks ago cut from the team. Throughout these three weeks, he's been rumored to be connected to different teams. And on Twitter, he's been putting different things like mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell was a tweet that he made. Then this morning, there was talks of a Peloton account bio had 
different teams in their title. Actually, it was the Packers, Bills, and Browns. I think the three teams that were the front runner to get them. I know other teams that were in the mix were honestly the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, other teams that uh, the Bills. I already said other teams that had had a really good shot at going to the Super Bowl if he was going to retire. But based on the signing that he did, I really think that he might be doing that go for a Super Bowl or bust thing after this two-year contract because he still is a incredible D-end. Uh, I have my list of top 150 players in the NFL coming out very, very soon. I'm going to do a video or I'm going to do an episode about that very soon. But he is still very high on that list. And clearly by the amount of money and the fact that it wasn't just a one-year vets minimum shows that he really still is great and will still make a big impact. Uh, how he did it, he's, rather than somebody else's source, I think this is so funny, especially with me now in sports media or trying to be in sports media, he posted a picture of him in the Cardinals shirt and it said, source me, which I found hilarious. That's how he announced the news or that's how the world heard about his news because if anybody's going to be right, it's himself. He pairs back up with DeAndre Hopkins, a receiver who used to be in Houston as well, while Watson is still sitting in Houston crying as the Texans front office is refusing to even listen to calls on trades with him. I think that this is obviously making him upset, not that he would even go to the Cardinals, but just the fact that his two former teammates, his two former Pro Bowl teammates, all pro teammates, are linking in another place and really trying to get something done while Watson can't even get out of the place that he hates is hilariously awful, but it is what it is. Watt, who's now a member of the Cardinals, is going to be playing D-end. I think either Zach Allen or Jordan Phillips is going to be on the other side. I assume it'll be Zach Allen because of age. I think Zach Allen could actually take a pretty solid jump this season, with Watt on the other side. Obviously, Watt teaching him techniques. He's still very young. Phillips will now be a rotational guy, whatever. He teams back up with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, who was the Houston defensive coordinator for Watt's first three years in Houston, right when he was starting to get amazing. So I think that he really, they have a strong connection there. I think that the signing of Watt might mean that they let Hassan Reddick leave in free agency. But even so, they have... Chandler Jones playing left outside linebacker, another unreal edge rusher who will combine with J.J. Watt to make probably the best edge duo in the NFL right now. But even if Hassan Raddick leaves, they have Jones playing the left outside linebacker, and they have Marcus Golden, who used to be with the Giants, as the right outside linebacker. And I think that he's more than solid enough to start there. So if they had Allen, Watt, Jones, and Golden as they're four at rushers, that'll be fantastic. Pat Pete is also a free agent. Patrick Peterson, former pro bowler, but now he's quote-unquote fallen off. He's definitely taken a dip in production, but now I could definitely see him wanting to re-sign with the Cardinals as veterans are coming and they're really trying to make something happen there. He would sign a very small contract. I do think that if he does come back, he can't be the one or the two. I think that he needs to be the three or the four and bring somebody else in, whether it's a rookie with their first round pick or get somebody in free agency. But I don't think Pat Pete is good enough to be the one of the two. Byron Murphy's all obviously there. And I think that this will help him take another jump. He already took a jump in this past season, maybe go into like a Pro Bowl level. 
They still have the all-pro Buda Baker, who's flying in the back, flying in the box, blitzing, making the tackle. I think he's incredible. I think this will really help with the emergence of Isaiah Simmons, this positionless player. I think Buda Baker is kind of also positionless. So having incredible edge rushers and all these super speedy positionless players in the middle and in the back is just going to make for an incredible defense. I think that their defense will be really, really good, and it's really shaping up to be a fantastic defense. I think that their pass game will be very good. I think that the last thing that they need to sure up to be playoff slash Super Bowl contender level would be shoring up the O-line past DJ Humphreys. I really like DJ Humphreys as their left tackle, but past that, I really don't see any amazing things. Justin Pugh is getting old. Uh... And non-notable players said that if they can maybe rake up enough money to get Tooney or Scherf, maybe steal Moten away from Carolina, draft interior linemen with your second and third round picks, that's what the Cardinals need to do to take advantage of Watt being here for these two years and maybe making a run to go to the deep into the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl. They obviously have Kyler Murray, a very young quarterback who's shown flashes of greatness. DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to be taking bringing back Kenyon Drake at the running back position, but I really do like Chase Edmonds, the backup who has been getting a solid amount of touches for a backup. I don't think that they retain Drake, especially on the contract that he was on. He was getting, what, like $8 million a year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you don't need to pay a running back that. So they'll either draft one, or I think that they they're the they're personally my choice for where Aaron Jones signs, and I think that that'll really bolster their offense. But if they mess on him, maybe they get a Chris Carson, maybe they get a just another veteran in free agency, or you could take fourth, fifth, sixth round guys. We've seen how easy it is for fourth, six, fourth, fifth, sixth round running backs to produce within their first year. So I think that's possible, and I could see a possibility in a world where the Cardinals finish with a similar record, but I could also very, very, very easily see a 11, 12, 13 win season, one or two really great playoff wins. I don't see them making a conference championship right now, but I think that the goal for this season now with Watt here is at least get to the divisional round, but if they only make it to the wild card so be it. I think it still is a very promising team for the future, and I'm so excited to see what Watt does there. All right, so now we're going to be hopping into the tier list that I made. So I wanted to do some type of power rankings or something to rank the teams before the offseason really starts and get a good grasp at where teams are and where they're going to be for the future. But I didn't really want to just do like a one, two, three read-off line thing. So I've made eight different sections, and I'll say those now. There's the Super Bowl bubble, just outside of the Super Bowl bubble with a good future, the just outside with a bad future, the far from Super Bowl with a good future, the far from Super Bowl with a bad future, the might go up and might go down. It really depends on what they do in this year. The teams that are stuck in limbo, and then the race for the number one pick. Now, in all of these sections, I have at least two or three. Like, some of them have two and three teams. Some of them have seven. 
but I think there's a really good disparity of a pretty similar number for each section. So I'll start it off with the race for the number one pick, and that only consists of two teams. One of them that I've already talked, actually both of them that I've already talked about, and that's the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. Now, the Detroit Lions got rid of Matt Stafford. Houston Texans are looking to get rid of Deshaun Watson and or they're not going to get rid of him and he's going to sit. Both rosters do not look equipped to win. Both have, I'd personally say, the worst two head coaches in the league, even though they both got signed this year. Just when looking at the other list, I feel like I trust everyone else in the league before I trusted those two guys. They do not have talented defenses and they're just lacking at many, many positions. The far from Super Bowl with a bad future teams, I have four in this category. That is the Atlanta Falcons, the Philly Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New England Patriots, and this one might come as a surprise, but the New York Giants. When I look at these teams, I see not only a roster that's not fit to compete for the Super Bowl now, but I see a lot, a lot of aging players, a lot, a lot of not too fantastic draft picks and teams that might be stuck in a place where they're not going to be good for a long period of time. The exception on this list, I definitely think is the Falcons because they have the fourth pick this year. And whatever they do with that could drastically change whatever their outlook is going to be. Maybe if they get Justin Fields or Trey Lance and they end up looking so much better than everybody had predicted, then they could easily shoot themselves into the just outside with a good future because they also have Calvin Ridley. They also have some good pieces, but the team's overall has so many holes. Julio's aging, no running back, an eh O-line, bad defense. Eagles the same. Fletcher Cox, old Brandon Graham, old Darius Slay, old. Uh, no true answer at quarterback awful receiving room with the Patriots. I've already given my spiel on them. I think that they have very old players and big holes that aren't going to be fixed. And then with the Giants, I just don't see any huge things going on for the team except for Saquon Barkley coming back. The defense was just serviceable last year, and that was in great thanks to James Bradbury, who broke out as a Pro Bowl corner, who I think that while he's very good, I don't think that he replicates this past season. And also Leonard Williams, who, while as great as he's been on the Giants, is a free agent and I think could go for bigger money in another place. I personally predict that they get it done, but say that they don't, then they're in a really bad spot with a poor line, poor receiving room, and what I think is a top three worst quarterback in the league at this current moment, Daniel Jones. I know there's a possible chance that he flips things around. He's still very young, still has a lot of potential, but just when looking at the other teams that are far from Super Bowl, these all the other ones have so much better of an outlook, so much more money, so many more picks, things like that. So in the far from Super Bowl with a good future list, I have the Washington football team, Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets, Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, and Carolina Panthers. These are all teams that have some really great young nucleus that I think could end up sprouting into a Super Bowl contender if they do the right things in the next one, two, three off-seasons. I think the Cardinals, after this J.J. Watt move today, already are pushing themselves into the might-go-up, might-go-down 
tier, which is higher than far from Super Bowl, because they're now get definitely getting close, but I think that they're still a little bit young to be talking about in the Super Bowl talks. The Washington front seven, Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, Jets with whatever they do with the second pick, and Mackay Backton and Quinn and Williams, uh, Broncos with Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, uh, Bradley Chubb, Bryce Callahan, a really great team, Bengals with Joe Burrow, Panthers, who I had said in the other episode, great pieces all over the offense and defense, and I really do think, if I had to make a prediction of where Deshaun Watson goes, that is probably the team. But, yeah, those seven, I think, are right now not in a position to even be talked about with the teams that are in the higher area. But they do have a really great start, starting point, and they will be good very soon. The teams that I have in limbo, which is this constant state of between 6 and 10 and 10 and 6, usually closer to 7 and 9 to 9 and 7 with some 8 and 8s in there all around pretty average every year and it's a roster that's never great enough to go far but never bad enough to be one of the top teams that get the top draft pick and those three are the Chicago Bears the Minnesota Vikings and the Oakland Raiders I think that with their coaching with their current quarterback and their current roster I mean the Bears currently don't really have a quarterback but they have a very very great defense Vikings have great defense, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk is good enough, but because of their holes on the O-line and nothing that's like so standout incredible, I just don't see them competing with the higher teams. Raiders the same, I don't really know what their plan is, I don't love Josh Jacobs at running back, their receiving rooms, eh, Derek Carr is fine, defense is honestly pretty bad, but their offense will just get it done enough that they'll go six, seven wins and be average. That might go up and might go down. These are three teams that didn't do what they were expected this past season. And th- those are the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Dolphins. Each are for different reasons. Cowboys had the injury of Dak Prescott, which really affected their team. So I could see him coming back and being unreal, lighting up the league in his short time that he was there. He led the league in yards. He with those three receivers, Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, I see him going insane, but I could also see either he re-aggravates re- the injury or is just never the same Dak that we saw in the beginning, and they end up going six or seven wins. I could see that. For the Chargers, they have Justin Herbert, who looks like he could easily take that same sophomore jump that Lamar and Mahomes had and suddenly turn himself into an MVP candidate. Or, like we saw last year, they come short every single time, and though they have a very talented roster, they go 8-8 and and just barely miss the playoffs. That would be very reasonable as well. And then the Dolphins are a team that wasn't even predicted to be in the playoff conversation this past year and ended up being the 8 seeds, so just falling outside of it. But I don't think that, I mean, and obviously it's for, it's up to this offseason to see what they can do. And we'll definitely return to the Dolphins, seeing what they did after the offseason is done. But right now, I just don't see 
them having the availability to put a team together that's now going to compete with the 13 that are above it that I think are just in a better spot right now, look like the better team right now, and will get it done before the Dolphins do. While I'm sitting here right now, I don't think that the Dolphins will make the playoffs, seeing the other teams that are in the AFC. I definitely think it's a possibility if Tua makes the jump, but... They're, they don't know who they're going to get at quarterback. Their receivers are below average. I know that they have the third pick, and they likely will use that on either Penny Sewell or a receiver, maybe even a quarterback, maybe the Watson trade. Obviously, whatever happens this offseason could change it, but as of right now, I really think that they're a might go up, might go down. We don't know where they're going. The next would be the just outside of the Super Bowl bubble, but they don't have an incredible future. These teams are the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Saints, the Titans, and the Rams. Now, some of those might be surprises. Some of those might be, how do you even have them still outside of the Super Bowl bubble? I'll break them all down. The Seahawks, they could really go any way. It, again, is so dependent on what happens this offseason. But either way, we've seen them fall short with Russell Wilson now the past five years. Even though they have DK, they have Lockett. Carson was on the team last year. He'll probably leave, but I just don't see them being this like, oh, they're on the rise. They're going to get there now this year. They're going to do the right thing. It's I feel like the pendulum needs to swing the other way, and they need to start losing soon. So, well, for right now, they might just be outside of the Super Bowl bubble, and they were one pick six by Darius Williams away from maybe going even farther and maybe making a run for the Super Bowl last year. I don't think that they're going there for the future. The Steelers, I think this is the most obvious one on the bad future. We saw their skid at the end of last season that really showed their true colors, showed that they were not the undefeated team that people thought they could have been and are going to take a big car crash turn this year. And not look fantastic. We don't know what Big Ben's situation is. James Conner is a free agent. Their three receivers are so good, but I think that that might have to do with Mike Tomlin's system. I really do want to see one of those three receivers, and those three being Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Claypool. That's obviously if Juju returns those three. But one of those three really solidify themselves as a wide receiver one rather than a crop of really great wide receiver twos. But th- that's that and many other reasons are why the Steelers are here with a bad future. The Saints, uh, as I've said in previous videos, around 100 million negative in cap, and they need to start shredding quick. The reason why they're still in the Super Bowl bubble is because of Sean Payton and the exquisite talent around the quarterback area. But for the quarterback, it looks like they're likely going to be entering next year with Jameis Winston at quarterback, which I just do not love. It's especially compared to the teams that are in the good future section, just nowhere near competing. For the Titans, while they do still have Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown is still getting better day by day, they have so many free agents on their team right now. There's Rashawn Evans, there's Jadavian Clowney, there's Corey Davis. They lost Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, who I think underratedly was one of the best head coaching signings of the offseason so far. And they could be looking to fall back to that 7-9, and nine, just missed the playoffs area. Uh, I think teams might start to understand and be able to shut down Derrick Henry better in his third year of dominance than they have in the past. 
Obviously, it's easier said than done. I know he's a wrecking ball, but still, it, it has to be possible. And like I said before, the pendulum has to swing always. Titans have now had their two good years, and I think that it's time for the for it to swing back. With Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, it's not like they're this powerhouse that's going to continue to win for years and years. I think that it needs to swing back, and this is going to be the, the year that that happens. And then lastly, I have the LA Rams, a team that while they don't have a quote-unquote bad future, I just think that they belong here because all of their players are on huge contracts, they're fairly old, and they're not in this place where it's like, oh my god, a dynasty will form out of this. It's more of a last-ditch effort to get Stafford and let's see what we can make with McVeigh, and then figure out the rest later. They haven't had a first-round pick in seven years. Their team, while it's very young all around, their best players are getting paid an immense amount of money, and if things collapse this year, I think it'll all just break, and Ramsey will be gone, and Donald might be gone, and it's all broken at the seams. Obviously, if they get it done this year, then fantastic, and I think that they might be closer than even some teams that are in the good future area, but I just don't see it being like this long-time contending, always-here situation. Okay, and now for the next tier, we have the just outside the Super Bowl bubble with a good future. And these teams are the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the Indianapolis Colts, and the San Francisco 49ers. In this tier is the Cleveland Browns, a team, Baker, so young, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, one of the best dynamic running back duos in the league. Definitely a top three offensive line. Miles Garrett, who's so young and incredible. Denzel Ward, who's so young and incredible. And I can just keep going with all these amazing pieces all over the roster. I think this is a team that's going to compete for the Super Bowl for years and years to come. The Ravens, the same. I think that's really going to be dependent on Lamar's health. But the offense that they run, where Lamar can just run at free will and has 10 to 15 rushes per game, is clearly a winning formula. I know that they've came up short in big games before, but they've shown through regular seasons that this is the team that can get it done, and they have the youth there. J.K. Dobbins is now looking like an incredible running back. They st- their receiving core, while it's very bad right now, is all very young, and I just see this team competing for years to come as well. The Indianapolis Colts, it's the same. Last year, they had the number one ranked defense for a lot of the year. That consists of DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, a great cornerback group with uh, Rhodes Closed and Rocky Sin, and I like Malik Hooker in the back. On their offense, they just got Carson Wentz, which is going to be an experiment in itself, but I think that if that works, that's going to be a team that's competing for years to come. They have one of the top O-lines. John Taylor is looking like a top-five running back. Michael Pittman has so much potential, as I've said before, and this is a team that's really going to be great. I think even if Carson Wentz doesn't work, they're going to be quick to move off of him and find somebody else to fit in that role while this team is so hot and so young and looking like it could do what it can do. And then the Niners are the last team. Uh, You know it. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. So many amazing pieces on that defense. And the offense, ran by offensive guru Kyle Shanahan, really makes every running back look like they're in the Pro Bowl every single time that they play. I love their receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. They do need to fill that quarterback spot, obviously. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy that's going to be inside the Super Bowl bubble. They do need to get somebody else in that building. 
this offseason. But if they do, I think that this is another team that's going to compete for years to come. Uh, same situation as the Colts. If it's a, if the quarterback that they get this year isn't working, I think that they have enough time and enough youth and they have enough contact with their roster that they can get somebody else to come in and be fine. Then I have my Super Bowl bubble, which ironically is the same four teams that were in the conference championship this year. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. These are just four teams, four offenses really, that I just see are so intricate, so explosive, that it's so hard to stop Brady, Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Mahomes. I just think that those are the four players, even more than their unreal rosters around them. The Buccaneers, obviously, you know, the incredible receiving core. Shaq Barrett, JPP, a very young secondary. Packers have Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Devontae Adams. Bills have Stephon Diggs, Tredavious White. Tremaine Edmond, like I'm naming all of these Pro Bowl, and then Chiefs obviously have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Mitchell Schwartz on an incredible, they all really have great O-lines, great defenses, great receiving cores, and those are the four teams that I see really being in the window to compete for the Super Bowl this year. Hopefully you guys agree with that. If there's any teams that you think should be moved on their tiers, uh, comment. Hit, hit me with an email, do anything, and I'd love to do some arguments and talk about how you guys feel about these teams and if they have the same outlook for the future as I think that they do. Uh, please leave a like. Please tune back in. I really hope that you guys all participate in this contest. It's going to be a really great way for Sauce Lab to get its feet on the ground, a great way for you guys to make some easy money and to make some great predictions. I love it when I get stuff right early, and I bet you you guys do too. So start to fill out your free agency brackets, and be sure to tune in to episode five. Thank you guys so much. Have an incredible afternoon, and peace.